Hi, this is Kevin from Just Add Mud. You're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, title sponsor of Go Topless Day 2019. Stay tuned to learn about how you can take your top off on May 18th for a good cause. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, the show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Toyotas? No. Priuses? I will cut you both. <laughs> <laughs> Jeeps. Hi, I'm Tony, and uh, uh, well, this space is for rent. Hey, I'm Josh, and with over two decades of mobile electronic experience and a lifetime of wrenching, I'm the technician of this trio. Hi, I'm Tammy, aka Jeep Mama, and I have been on the trails at least once a month over the past five years. So I guess that makes me the off-roader in this trio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's all I have so, to say about that. Yeah, I know. I know. Josh, uh, thankfully, we live very far apart. Yes, thankfully. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So what's coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show? Damn it, I'm glad you asked. We have the one and only, the loved, the true, the original High Lift Jacks with us. Steve Dowden is going to be chatting with us all about High Lift. It's going to be a good one. This week in Jeep, we're going to give you a chance to win a trip to the Moab Jeep Jamboree. And if you've been wanting to drive a new Jeep Gladiator but thought it would be too expensive, I've got some news you do not want to miss out on. Wrangler Talk is going to have Tammy talking about her trail guide training that happened last week. Nikki G calls in with something about a Jeep wave. I'm going to guess it requires more than one finger, Nikki. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot more coming up, so stick around. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. Spring is in the air, and so is all that damn pollen. If you drive a dark-colored Jeep, you know how hard it is to keep it looking clean. Not that a clean Jeep is a major concern for most of us off-roaders, but... If you need to refresh your detailing supplies, Amazon has everything you need and more. From bug and tar remover to glass cleaner and wheel shine, get it all online and get free shipping and help out the show all in one boot. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com contact and click the big Amazon logo you see there. You'll be taken right to Amazon's homepage where anything you purchase over the next 24 hours will have a small percentage donated to help out the show. If you like what we're doing or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider supporting the show. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. Well, last week, Tammy announced that she won a winch and just so happened to be from a company that most of us Jeepers know a little something about, Quadratech. She've got one of those Q-series winches. Well, Quadratech is in the news this week. They announced their 2019 Ultimate Fly and Drive Jeep Jamboree giveaway, Moab, Utah. Just a whisper of that name is enough to induce faster heartbeats and goosebumps from Jeep enthusiasts nationwide. The Red Rocks, jaw-dropping scenery, a world-class off-road trail system, Moab, it has it all. And if you've ever wanted to personally experience this iconic destination, now is your chance. Thanks to Jeep, thanks to the Jeep experts at Quadratech in partnership with Jeep Jamboree USA. 
Quadratech recently announced it has launched the 2019 Ultimate Fly and Drive Jeep Jamboree Giveaway, a nationwide sweepstakes offering a three-night, two-day trip for two to Moab for the, 20, for the 21st annual Moab Jeep Jamboree happening October 24th through the 26th. Moab is such an incredible place, and it is a location that most Jeep owners have high on their bucket list, said Bear Pratt, Quadratech's Vice President of Marketing. It's truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and we are tremendously excited, along with Jeep Jamboree USA, to offer this contest so that one of our passionate customers will be able to cross this beloved spot off their list. Anyone placing an order with Quadratech up to once each week from April 22nd clear through August 15th, 2019, will automatically receive one entry to the Ultimate Fly and Drive Jeep, Jamb Jeep Jamboree giveaway. Additional contest entries can be earned by visiting the Quadratech website, and we'll have that specific link for you, and uh, registering up to once a week through that. No purchase is required to enter the sweepstakes, must be 18 years or older to win, and Quadratech's Fly and Drive giveaway winner and guest will receive airfare to Grand Junction, Colorado, as well as grand ground transportation to Moab, Utah, accommodations, meals, and two days riding some of Moab's best off-road trails in the Jeep Jamboree USA 2019 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited. The, the winner will be selected by random drawing and announced on or around August 22nd. For additional contest information and for complete official rules, check out the link in the show notes for this episode. Uh, now, I'll just <clears throat> make this statement. If Tammy wins this, she's off yeah. the show. I'm <laughs> sorry. That's just too much. No, I mean, at, at that point, she's probably <laughs> going to be giving her own TV show. I just <laughs> Might as well. Yeah, it'd just be a, a, a step up for her. That would be such a cool prize. <laughs> now, I don't know about you guys, but Moab is definitely on my bucket list, as oh. is participating in any Jeep Jamboree that I could get my little grubby little paws on and, and get involved in. Uh, definitely bucket list type of events. I don't know about you guys, but uh, now, Tammy, you've seen Moab. Yeah. Tony, I don't think yeah. you have. I know I haven't. I haven't been there yet either. I, I've never been to Utah. It's, yeah, me, it's my, me beautiful. Either. It's amazing. I hear it's life-changing. I mean, I, I, I've uh, done the rubicon and and that was life-changing for me i can only imagine what moab is like i wish it was closer um you know texas is here, here. a great state but boy it takes a long time to get out of it <laughs> and they have that um that trail guide book for well they have them for different places like arizona they have one for moab there's over 80 trails there wow, wow. that's I awesome mean, when they say world-class people, they, they mean it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but whenever Pierce was here, the CEO of uh, Jeep Jamboree USA, uh, over at JeepJamboreeUSA.com, uh, I, it was just like, I guess it would be my, my Jeep mouth was watering. Just all the mm -hmm. stuff that they were yeah. talking, that he was talking about that they do, and it's oh, yeah. just so amazing. So uh, this is a great, uh, a great setup with uh, Quadrotech and uh, Jeep Jamboree USA uh, doing this together. In, in a wonderful place. It's, I just get the feeling it's going to be absolutely amazing. I hope one of our listeners wins. I do honestly. too. Yeah, I, I think that'd too. be pretty neat. I, actually, if if Tammy wins, if she'll agree now to give them the prize, oh. I think that would work out really good <laughs> and, and really sure. show show her commitment. <laughs> so you want to drive a Gladiator, and it's only going to cost how much? The Jeep Gladiator is poised to become a major success for Fiat Chrysler automobiles, despite its higher starting price compared to other mid-sized pickup trucks. You undoubtedly heard about the special $60,000 launch edition model that damn near broke the internet last week or a couple weeks ago now, and, and how sales were only open for a single day, but that was enough for all 4,190 units to sell out. 
just when it seemed like the cool new truck might be priced a little too high for many folks, well, some rather surprising <laughs> news hit the web this week. A gladiator. So, per- so I'm sorry, somebody at FCA said, hold my beer, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like $500,000 worth of sales, right? Uh, I'm sure probably a little more than that. But yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Josh. Go ahead. That's all right. A Gladiator purchase may not be in the cards for most of us, especially me. But a lease option might be the perfect way for you to get behind the wheel of a new Gladiator. And it could be cheaper than you think. Like, really cheap. The online report points out that a base model Jeep Gladiator Sport can be leased for just $143 a month on a two-year lease. That inf- yeah, I know. That information is pulled right from Jeep's online configurator. Now, obviously, there is fine print. There's always fine print. For starters, when you click the, on the information button near the price, you get a screen explaining that this is only for estimation purposes. Demand could certainly cause the figure to go up, and it doesn't take a genius to figure out there will likely be significant demand for the first few months at the very least. Looking at the payment summary, you will also see that the low dollar lease requires a down payment of just over $3,500, and the term is just for 24 months. Further explanation of the fine print reveals that the lease only allows for 10,000 miles a year, which admittedly is pretty tough for most people to stay under. I mean, that's, I mean, less than a thousand miles a month. That's, I mean, it's like, you know, what, 20 miles a day, if you're lucky. Uh, taxes aren't included in that figure either, but still, this seems like an insanely good deal, all things considered. Chalk it up to extremely good residual values for the Gladiator as well that, as of now, are hovering around 90%. In other words, at the end of the two-year lease, Jeep estimates the Gladiator will still be worth 90% of its purchase price compared to other two-year-old vehicles. That's not a lot of depreciation at all. Mm-hmm. Now, this piqued my interest a little bit. So I worked with the Gladiator configurator online at Jeep's website a little bit more to see about building something slightly better equipped with a least term, least term more suited to daily driver duties. You know, that I'm not trying to build a, a rock crawler right off the showroom floor. And the Gladiator certainly isn't that. Sticking with the Sport, I added the 8-speed automatic versus the manual and went with the all-terrain tires instead of just the regular old street rubber. I also added the trailer tow package and a spray-on bed liner, and on the financial side, I upped the mileage to 12,000 miles per year while dropping the down payment to 2,500. The result? Well, $230 per month. That's not bad. Still not bad, which will probably get close to 250 once taxes and fees are figured in and all that sort of stuff. It's not the 143. But the result is a more realistic Gladiator lease, including some common options and a lease term that's easier to live with for you know most of us. Let's put it that way. For folks who are okay leasing a vehicle, this could be a very inexpensive ticket to enjoying one of the coolest new pickup trucks to come around in a very long time. To check out the Gladiator and to build one for yourself through Jeep's online configurator, just head over to Jeep's official website. You know, this would be perfect for the people that want to use the Jeep truck as a tow rig. Because, yeah. you know, you, you get it, you don't pay like 250 a month, you, you said you put the tow package on it, uh, now you got something that you could tow your vehicle, but you probably wouldn't be able to make a lot of trips to Moab from, you know, 15 hours away with the, the 12,000 yeah. miles on Yeah, there. I was going to say, you, you get there once, you come on back, and it parks it for the rest of the term. <laughs> yeah, but damn, it looks good. <laughs> that's interesting. That's really interesting. That's amazing. And I figured that's what it was going to be was the resale value because these things, uh, they're going to be in such high demand. 
Uh, in fact, when you said you went over to click the button, I figured you were going to tell me they charged you to actually click yeah, the button. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> they're making Break up money. Up the credit card just for this. <laughs> whenever, wherever they can. But I, I get the feeling that the, the demand is going to be so high on this. You guys remember the PT Cruiser when it came out, don't you? It was a huge thing. People wait, were wait. Hold hold on a minute. Are you seriously comparing a PT Cruiser to a Gladiator? <laughs> well, well, you got to let me finish. So what, they were actually uh, getting two thousand dollars over list selling the PT Cruisers. No. Yes. It's, it's a neon. It's a Dodge neon with a I, different body. I, mean, I know. So can you imagine what it would be like for the Jeep Gladiator? I bet you we're going to see something similar before it calms down. Maybe. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I, 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 I can. I, I'll give you four, some credit. There, four thousand one hundred ninety of these things were sold in one day for sixty k. <laughs> and you're there's going to be you back orders. There's going to be back orders. I can tell you guys right now. And you don't think somebody's willing to pay an extra two grand for one that's forty eight thousand dollars? Oh Rubicon no, model? I'm I'm sure there's going to be the the expediting fees, and there's going to be a lot of money made at the dealerships uh, over the sale of the Gladiator for the first year yeah, uh, easily. Very and, exciting. And not to mention just the the whole lease availability now, and and to come out. Uh, very brave of Jeep to come out uh, with as much buzz as around the Gladiator and now to announce lease options that are in this kind of a dollar range for something that is getting this much attention. That's amazing. And that's why I'm saying that there is likely going to be some serious inventory issues coming oh, yeah. up as this thing gets released, at least for the first, you know, for the rest of this year, once it gets released. Now, as we move into 2020, and get the actual model year, uh, I would imagine production is, is going to be just fine and we're not going to see any inventory issues. But I, I'm, I'm seriously predicting that people are going to be on waiting lists oh, to yeah. get the Gladiator. So, I mean, this 143 a month that, that you read, <laughs> I mean, that's like a Honda commercial where they're oh, coming out, you know. Honda, that's Geo Metro prices. Yes. That's what you're talking about. I mean, that's just amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Car. Oh, that's just amazing to me. So, Tammy, I know that you were interested in picking up a Gladiator. Now, now, obviously, purchasing one for, you know, 48 to 60 grand is probably not in the cards for any of us, especially if we have any car payments in the family that are are existing already. Does this lease option maybe start coloring that in as as a possibility for you or or the family? Is that is this something that's maybe having you? Having the gears turning a little bit, thinking about maybe we might be able to make this work. You know, that vet uh, probably has good resale value. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, oh, Michael. And the Mercedes. You got two cars that you could tar- trade in. Yeah, Robert says he um, he misses his truck, so. Uh-oh. Ooh. Yeah. How's he going to feel about not having either vehicle on the weekends when yeah. you're towing it? To- <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry. I'm just at here's, home here's, ordering here's, pizza. You guys got the bikes this weekend. I'm taking all the rigs. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, it'd be great if you had a red one, you know, because that red and black, no. it just it would mirror the show, you know, the the fun we have with red and black. No, I'll get a purple one. <laughs> I think they do have purple. Well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say about these or anything by email or by phone. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. Coming up a little bit later in the show, interview with Steve Dowden from High Lift Jacks. You don't want to miss out. Um, this is, uh, this is a little upsetting. I remember the last time this happened and, uh, well, you guys can't see the video, but, uh, I, I think there's going to be a speedo involved with Josh that I'm going to have to look at coming up in tech what? talk or nearly huh? Josh would have some technical advice for us, but on this episode, he's got something a little different. Oh no. A little different. <laughs> oh, a uh, little. Never mind. <laughs> oh, it's on. not as scary. 
<laughs> Tammy was concerned. You can't see Josh. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And if you haven't been over to the 4x4 Radio Network or you don't know what it is, you got to go check it out. We've got something there for everybody, for you, for your buddies who don't drive Jeeps, which is... Okay, it's not their fault, but, you know, there's a little something there for everybody. We've got the Center Steer Podcast, Trail Chasers is putting out new shows, Dan and the 4x4 Podcast, always great content coming out of there, lots of great off-road shows, it's all for free, we're there too, it's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Also, too, I did not realize this. I knew Cody uh, was putting a lot of putting out a lot more episodes at Trail Chasers, uh, he and his, uh, his, his host. Uh, but I didn't realize until last night we were having a uh, a four by four radio network meeting with uh, all the main hosts, and I found out last night he said they're putting out weekly shows. Good so, for them. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that just get that just means there's more great entertainment from the four by four radio network that you can listen to all week long. Shut up and listen. <laughs> So shut up. You don't shut Man, up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler talk. It's time for G-Mama. Tony and Josh, uh, this past weekend, like I said on the last episode, I was heading up to Roush Creek Off-Road Park for a Women's Wheeling Day class. And this was a trail guide training consulting. And off-road consulting, um, the owner, Kyle... He led the class, and Kyle is the one who I took all my other classes with when I took the 101 driving, the 201, the 301, and some recovery classes. He is um, I4WDTA certified, and that's the International Four-Wheel Drive Training Association, and he has many decades under his belt of off-roading and a whole list of knowledge. Um, off-roading is his seven-day-a-week job. Oh, and wow. Poor bastard. Yeah, he, I know. He ha- he is just a wealth of knowledge, and it just he just knows everything so well. It just, like, flows off his tongue, and you so much. Um, and each time, I learn something new and something different. And I brought my camera up there, and I did um, some videotaping, and I'm hoping maybe some of this audio will work for the show. Like I said, I was on my camera. He wasn't mic'd, so the audio, it's, you know, not the greatest quality for a podcast, but I am going to um, try it out and see if maybe we could use some for the show. Tony, I'll get with you on that later. Okay. But anyway, it will be up on my YouTube channel, uh, a little more in depth of what I learned on two specific topics. And I mean, I did learn a lot about being a good trail guide. And a lot of it is just kind of common sense if you've been out on the trails a lot and it was really good inf- other stuff um, that will help me to teach other women especially um, when I'm doing my trail guide guiding um, for women's wheel and day on people who have never been off-roading before and we see that a lot with women's wheel and day and even you know if I do other trail guiding with other jeepers but two of the topics that I felt, were really interesting was his topic on four-wheel low. And when you're off-roading, 
you said, because I found this a lot of times when I go off-roading, that some people go back and forth between two-wheel drive to four, you know, high to low and back and forth and back and forth, depending on what part of the trail they're on. And I've never done that. And people have always given me grief for that. And, <laughs> you know, like I tell my kids and Robert, I told you so. I'm always right. Um, anyway, he said you are doing more harm to your vehicle by switching back and forth of these between all these um, different, what do you call them, gears, um, that you should just stick in four low because it, it's going to eventually hurt your um, transmission, you know, because the power that you're using when you're in two-wheel drive is different than four-wheel drive. And he explains it so much better. I will have a video on it. But I just felt like, good, I feel better about myself because I thought maybe I was doing something wrong by not switching between four high and four low all the time. And then another interesting thing, and I know we've talked about this on the show before, is the traction control in our newer Jeeps. A lot of the newer JKs, I don't know about the other models of Jeeps, but we have the automatic traction control. And actually, that is a plus for certain situations, and it's better to use that, let that automatic traction control click in than switching to your axle locks. And he gives us a demonstration, a hands-on demonstration, and I'll also have that in one of my videos. But it's very interesting how that is can be a positive thing when you're off-roading. Um, and I know a lot of times people say they turn it off um, when they go off-roading, but you don't necessarily need to do that. Um, anyway, lots of stuff I learned. There was a little bit of talk about you know recovery, which... Um, I want to get more training on that because after the training, um, two of the other ladies and I, we decided to go out on the trails again because the first part of the morning we spent in the in a classroom situation. We were in this pavilion, so we didn't get a whole lot of wheel time. So we just had, since we were up there, we're like, you know, we're going to go wheel for like another hour or two. So we did and... There was, we went on a blue trail and there was a tree that was covering the trail, but there was also a bypass and the bypass, which was open, was called milkshake. And <laughs> I am going to say one thing that we did wrong was we were so involved in our trail riding, we didn't do this. And so anyone out there who goes to off-road parks, if there is a tree down or something blocking the trail, always, always, always call the office or let the office know before you go. We did not do this and we kind of got scolded, which, you know, we didn't know we were like in the moment. This was the first time out on the trails without any men with us. And um, anyway, just a little side note there. So we decided, well, we can go through um, Milkshake. Well, no, we couldn't. And the girl in front of me in the green Jeep, she got, you know, pretty dug in deep in the mud. And so I did not have my winch, which, by the way, at the end of the class, I we had a raffle. I keep going off on these tangents, guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's we, unusual for us. I know. We had, we had a, a raffle. And I had won a recovery kit. And then the last prize was a winch. And what they did is they picked 
the women who they felt were worthy of the winch. One thing is you didn't have you didn't already have a winch, and the other was your contribution to other women. And so they picked. So some Tammy of these was women. was one of those things, and your favorite color is purple. Because I want to see how 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 narrowly they adjusted this. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Actually, a lot of women's favorite color is purple. So anyway, they drew names, and I won. I started crying. I was so touched. It was, you know, it meant a lot to me to win this winch. So because I'd already won the recovery kit, I gave that back, and that was. Everybody thought that was really nice of me. So anyway, so I hadn't had time to install my winch yet. We were out on the trails. The winch was in my trunk and she gets stuck. So I bring out my old fashioned winch, which was my recovery strap. We hooked it up to my vehicle, her vehicle. I had very limited space to pull her out because we were on a rocky rocky trail and we had just made a right hand turn. So I was just right at that right-hand turn. Um, I pulled her out. We did a great job. And of course, you know, I had video of it. It's posted on YouTube. And um, apparently we did not set up the recoveries strap right. Or so in the video, they said it looked like it was wrong because there was more um, side pull on the shackles, I think is what they said. Anyway, we got the Jeep out, no problem. I didn't break anything. I didn't snap anything. And anyway, it was all good. But it's it's a pretty good video that shows girl power in action. So lots of fun stuff that we did, lots of things that I learned, and lots of great hands-on experience. And just keep watching my YouTube channel for videos and hopefully I can get some sound on that traction control and that four wheel low stuff here for the Jeep talk show because it was very, very interesting. And I'm sure Josh and Tony would love to hear it as well. Well, congratulations on winning the winch. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I like giving you a hard time about not having one, but um, it, it's just one more tool to have in the, the off-road uh, arsenal and, right. and would have helped you in that situation you're talking about because that limited room is is perfect uh, situation for a win. Right. But I'm so awesome, Tony. I did it anyway. With oh, that. we always have to figure <laughs> out a way. You can't right. uh, leave somebody stuck. And the other thing I just would like to point out, since I like to always say I told you so, I just wanted to say, and I was prompted by some listeners to do this, Tony. Um, I told you I would never have to buy a winch. Oh, you did, and you actually said that you would win one several times. Yes, I, well, I was trying to win one. Um, anyway, I was very excited, and um, it'll be on my Jeep hopefully in time for Uari. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm, in fact, I can't believe you don't have it uh, uh, at least bolted on uh, now, and uh, don't have the uh, at least don't uh, right. just have it sitting there, you know, waiting to be. So it uh, looks right. Well, somebody got that D ring. They're going to want a winch to go with it. And by the way, on my way up, by the way, thanks for reminding me, on my way up to Roush Creek, yes, I'm behind this pickup truck with one D-ring, and it's my D-ring. I know he was the one who stole it. I know it, know it, know it. Did you follow him for 50 miles and then... uh... Yes. And I was taking pictures, and then I checked my camera, and it was like, you know, when you try to take pictures of a ghost that you've seen, and there's nothing there in the 
and the camera. Ah. Well, I was trying to take pictures and every single picture was blurry and you couldn't see anything. So you left the medication at home is what you're saying. Right, probably. <laughs> hey, coming up later in the show, we're going to hear some more from Nikki G. All right, folks, we have run out of stickers. <gasps> I still have some left. Oh, good. So we just need you guys to listen uh, in our future episodes for notification when more stickers are available. So, uh, you know, don't send us any more uh, SASEs. Uh, if you got one in the mail, we'll hold on to it and uh, get it out as soon as we have some stickers available. You know, I, I just, just dawned on me, uh, when I went to the Lone Star uh, Jeep Invasion, I may have some stickers in the backpack that I took. Um, so there may be a few. So if you've got something in progress already, if you already sent in something, I might be able to fulfill those. Uh, we'll not have enough for any ambassador levels, but certainly, uh, have a few left for, you know, like two stickers, uh, for, for requests. So anyway, uh, don't forget to keep posting those pictures on social media and remember, use the hashtag Jeep talk show when you do. Hey, Tony, this is. Pat from Michigan. I wanted to say gobble, gobble, death wobble. That one's for you. Thanks a lot. Love the show. And Pat was our winner number two for the, uh, what was it, Summit uh, gift card, the $25 uh, gift card. So, uh, Pat, congratulations, and uh, we'll be getting that information over to, actually, we'll be contacting you to get your information here uh, and uh, send that over uh, to uh, the uh, our guest last week so they can send you that gift card. Hey, Tammy, I love your show. It's great. Love listening to your interviews and everything. Uh, really have a great time. Listen to it almost. It's the second, third time, I think. Love to listen to it anyways. Uh, love to win one of them gift cards from Summit. Uh, death wobble. Death wobble. That's the key word right there. Thanks, Tammy. Oh, you're so glad you listened to my show. So, unfortunately, we won't, will not be able to, even though you were caller number seven, we will not be able to provide the Summit card for you. But Tammy will buy you one from her show. <laughs> <laughs> no, all, all fun and games here. It's uh, You are uh, the seventh caller, and uh, thank you very much for listening to the show, no matter whose show it is. You got tech questions? Oh, what do I ever have answers. Oh, that's good. I can, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Last week I ended Tech Talk by telling you we'd start getting into what specific off-road terms mean when it comes to angles of your Jeep. Not like the angle of your windshield or stuff like that. Things like departure angle, approach angle, breakover, that sort of stuff. Terminology that is important to know and which having an understanding of will help you become a better wheeler. However, I'm going to put the tech stuff on hold for a week in lieu of a good rant. Every so often, I'm given reason to climb up on my soapbox and give you a piece of my mind, whether you like it or not. Now, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, especially going back several years, you know that I'm a strong proponent for being a good steward to the land I wheel on. I support the groups and causes that have a mission statement in line with keeping public lands open and making sure us Jeepers have a place to play. Yes, I'm from Oregon, land of the Birkenstock-wearing, tree-hugging, Prius-driving granola chuggers, <laughs> but I'm no Greenpeace-loving econut. Far from it, in fact. But I do believe in protecting the land we have access to and making sure that I'm doing my part to ensure that I'm not doing anything that could jeopardize the quality of the land I play on 
or my access to it. Unfortunately, there are also individuals out there who don't believe that this is a worthy cause or any cause they should pay any attention to whatsoever, and in fact make decisions every day that make it harder and harder for new parks to open and for new trail systems to be built. Maybe you're one of them and you don't even know it. Maybe you just aren't aware of these kinds of people or what they do, even though the chances are pretty high that you've been on the trail at the same time as some of these folks. Okay, so who am I talking about here? I'm talking about the kind of people who drive a rock or a stick through their oil pan because they were too heavy on the skinny pedal and not listening to their spotter, then decides to wheel the rest of the day just stopping at each trailhead to top off the oil, <laughs> all while leaving their black oily mark right down the middle of every access road and trail. Or the guy who knows that he's got a substantial oil leak or fluid leak but hits the trail anyways, leaving a dribble everywhere he goes and a spot everywhere he stops. Look, nobody's perfect. I know this. And we all can put off repairs or get into trouble on the trail and end up with some carnage that spills some vehicle fluids. Kicking some dirt over the wet spot isn't the right way to deal with these situations, nor is just trying to drive the rig out of there and hope that you can make it. One of the things that makes off-roading so much of an adventure is being prepared for the unexpected and being able to deal with the situation properly and help yourself or others get out of said sticky situation. Whether that's something as simple as giving directions or spotting a stranger or something more involved like helping out a fellow jeeper with a trail repair because you have the knowledge, the tools, or the jack to do it. It's being prepared for the unexpected and being able to come out on the other side for having gone through it stronger. Now, if you've never encountered the stress, worry, uncertainty, and joy of successfully performing a trail repair, then you may not fully understand what I'm talking about. But being prepared is what makes wheeling so much more enjoyable. Having the proper recovery equipment gives you peace of mind. Or having a spare U-joint or axle shaft, knowing that you can make it out of there should the worst happen. And it's that mindset, preparing for the worst, which makes all the difference in the world. If the guy with a steady oil leak would have just taken a day to swap out a gasket instead of going wheeling, he and the land he was about to taint is going to be better off for it. If the guy who wheeled a little too hard and split his oil pan open would have just had a spill kit in the rig, well, maybe he wouldn't have had a giant toxic fluid spill all over and down the trail. So what is a spill kit, you may ask? Well, it's not exactly something you hear of or see every day. It is just a little something that can be purchased online or at any off-road shop or can even be made right at home with everyday materials. Now, when I was president of the Northwest Chapter of the North American XJ Association, or NAXJA, I made a ton of these to hand out to the, at the big 10-year anniversary event. It didn't cost much, and it was a huge success. Oil absorption mats, super cheap and available all over. I mean, heck, you can even get a 100-count box of these things on Amazon for like 30 bucks. A couple rubber gloves available at any dollar store or parts store, some kitty litter, and I mean, come on, that stuff is about as cheap as it gets. All this and a few cleanup rags and a large garbage bag, and all fits into a one-gallon Ziploc storage bag and gives you everything you need to clean up a fluid spill on or off the trail. A few years back when I was wheeling pretty hard in some big rocks, it was wet, and I didn't have a spotter. My line wasn't perfect, and I slid down pretty hard to one side and had to pull some magic out of my butt to keep from flopping. In doing so, I took out my transfer case, split it wide open, and drained all the fluid of it out of it onto the ground. Now, there's not a whole lot that you can do with a Jeep at that point, so I focused on cleaning up the spill first and foremost. I didn't want to be that guy who decided he would try and drive the broken and leaking rig down the trail anyways to get to a more recoverable spot while spewing ATF all over the place. So I got into the back of the Jeep, pulled out my spill kit. Having this on hand allowed me to soak up 90% of the fluid on the ground and rocks, and with the kitty litter, gloves, and the shovel from my roof rack, I was able to sop up the rest and remove the tainted soil, leaving the ground in better shape 
than it was previously with a bunch of my rig's lifeblood all over the place. With a few wet absorption pads, a handful of kitty litter, and a shovel load of dirt in the garbage bag, it didn't take up hardly any room at all and was sealed away, ready to be disposed of properly. Dan Carver, fan of the show and listener, he wrote into us recently and shared a simply majestic picture that he took while he was in Moab, Utah recently. Unfortunately, the vista was completely ruined by what was seen poured down the middle of the trail. A large black oil slick several hundred yards long from somebody who just didn't care enough to be prepared or to do their part to keep something like Moab clean. Now, I'm sure it happens every day. and We've all seen the rainbow puddles at the base of the trail when it rains. It doesn't mean that you can't be doing your part to be a little bit more prepared for when you hit the trails. Nobody's perfect. We know this. And I don't expect many people will take this too kindly. And I'm likely going to be labeled as one of those eco-nuts. I don't care. But when your favorite trail system gets shut down by the EPA or you start complaining about how there's no places to wheel, well, just think of this rant. And maybe you'll understand why. If you'd like to learn more about making your own spill kit, just write into the show and I'll get you all the info you need. Don't worry. We'll get back to the tech advice next week. In the meantime, think about outfitting your rig with a spill kit and spread the word in your local off-road community about how important and easy it is to be just a little bit more prepared. So I don't think we're talking out of school here or anything, whatever the hell that means. Uh, but uh, we are actually uh, 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 sent an email from, uh, from a listener uh, that uh, uh, basically brought this to our attention of something going on at Moab uh, that was mm-hmm. a, a hell of a mess that somebody yeah, had Yeah, it really was. And, uh, I mean, I can't help but uh, thank uh, the listener for doing that. And, and it prompted me to ask questions of Tammy and Josh about what do you do when things like this happen? And then Josh goes on to explain to me about the, the cleanup kits and I'm thinking to myself, you need a damn mobile home, motorhome, a four-wheel drive motorhome to follow you around with all the stuff that you need when you go off-road. <laughs> yeah, true. No, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a tread lightly uh, tread trainer. I'm a, a, one of few in the state of Oregon uh, that is a licensed tread trainer for tread lightly. And, and so I, I practice the tread lightly principles and I try and teach others about, you know, the leave no trace and, and tread lightly and, and all that sort of stuff. Those principles that help keep public lands open for off-road use. And, and it's stuff like this, the picture um, that uh, a friend and uh, a friend of the show and listener, uh, Dan Carver, sent in, um, that just grates against that and goes against every single teaching in uh, the, the Tread Lightly principles. Um, and so when, when, he, when he sent that over to us, and, and Tony brought it up to my attention, and, and we really talked back and forth about it quite in length, uh, I decided, okay, this is something that we have to talk about on the show and bring to attention to people. A lot of people just don't understand that, that you know, you could be out there by yourself, which isn't a good idea unto itself, and not understand that your vehicle is leaking oil until you get back to the staging area and your oil light is on. Um, now, obviously, things like that can happen and you don't understand what just happened and you just, you know, emptied five quarts of six quarts of oil all over Moab. Um, you know, that's not something that any of us want to be a part of, but we can do our best to try and, and prevent it from happening when we do know about it. And that's just sort of what we're talking about here, being prepared to handle these kinds of situations and having the wherewithal to teach others, you know, this kind of, these kinds of practices of, you know, vehicle mismaintenance and, and just spewing stuff all over the trails in places, especially like Moab. It's it just, it's, it's uncalled for. We can't have it. And uh, I'll take a little diversion here real quick. There was something that uh, I wasn't aware of. And, and keep this, the reason why I mentioned this is keep this in mind when you're um, telling somebody about how you clean up a trail and why you don't do these things on trails. 
keep in mind that they may not have a clue. They may not have right. any idea other than, you know, it's a mess, but what can I do about it? It's things happen, you know, that type of attitude. And uh, so try to try to teach them gently. And, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I saw a post on uh, Facebook uh, a couple of times, actually, about some guy on a riding lawnmower on the side of a, the street throwing grass out into the road. And, and people were getting so hostile about this and why that shouldn't be done and that, that stupid son of a bitch and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, why? What's wrong with grass on a road? People drive by and it gets blown around. I mean, it doesn't look all that nice, but what's the big deal? And then somebody told me about how slippery it was for motorcycles. I don't ride a motorcycle. I, I would love to, but I, I, I don't have one, never have had one. Didn't know. So just be gentle whenever you're telling somebody something because they may not have a clue and they're not idiots because of it. Yeah, don't don't fault somebody for for being a little naive when it when it comes to this stuff. Maybe they're new to the off-roading, maybe they just don't think about this kind of stuff. It's out of sight, out of mind, that type of thing. And yeah, there's a a degree of tact uh, that that should be incorporated when when talking to somebody who's dumping oil all over a, a beautiful off-road vista. Don't dump grass off-road either. That just confuses people. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything to add? Would you like to uh, pop your two cents into this as well? Uh, we'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. You'd like a, a, a topic covered here in the segment. By all means, let us know what you would like to have covered. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Advanced Adapters, this is Clyde. How can I help you? Uh, Clyde, uh, I've been doing some checking around and several people have told me, uh, that you can put an Atlas uh, transfer case together in just a few days. Who is this? I, I, I don't want to say. Tony? Uh, no, my name is Sid. Tony, you realize that we have caller ID, don't you? Okay, look, Clyde, it's been two months. Four weeks. Uh, okay, a month, and I still don't have my Atlas. Who do I have to talk to there to make this happen? Four weeks, Tony, not eight weeks, not six weeks, not five. You were told five to six weeks. Look, man, you might want to seek out some professional help. We have a Skype group that meets at the first of every month for people like you waiting for their transfer cases to be built. Really? Does it help? Several customers have reported it does. Wow, this is really interesting. I didn't realize, you know, I thought I was the only person. So what's the name of the group? Advanced Adapters Anonymous. Triple A? <laughs> Funny, Clyde. Funny. Same time next week? Yeah. Hey, Tammy, let me ask you a question. Did you take off your top yet? What? Your Wrangler top. Did you take uh, it off yet? <laughs> Weather's nice enough, don't you think? Eh? Ha, 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 Josh. Gosh, I thought, are we still rolling? <laughs> um, yes, I took my top off just the other day. Woo! Well, I was getting ready to take a bath. Was, was it on the milk run? Both of you. <laughs> Shut up and let me finish. That's what May eighteenth, twenty nineteen marks the eleventh annual Jeep Go Topless Day or GTD, sponsored by Extreme Terrain. For listeners not in the know, Go Topless Day is a global event where Jeep clubs and organizations around the world can sign up to participate and host their own local Go Topless Day event. At the same time, Jeepers out there looking to join an existing event can search through the live mapping database functionality on Extreme Terrain site to find out a Go Topless Day event near them. Click the link in today's Jeep Talk Show show notes to find out more information on the event. 
such as all the different locations worldwide and how you can get involved. Each event will raise funds for a cause for of their choosing, of which uh, Extreme Terrain will contribute $500 for each club that raises a minimum of $500. Plus, there are chances to win over $10,000 in product giveaways from Extreme Terrain throughout the day. So, make sure you're follow, following the hashtag Jeep Go Topless Day. That's hashtag Jeep Go Topless Day all over social media. And who knows, maybe you'll take away some free Wrangler parts from our friends at Extreme Terrain. Hey, Tony, this is CW from Virginia. Come on, man. You're talking about the straight six. It's a 258 that was in the CJ, 4.2 liter. That was the motor, the iconic motor that the 4.0 came from. Later. Yeah, I kind of had a brain fart uh, last week. I was trying to remember what the uh, the the CID of the uh, 4.2 was. I can't remember if I said 4.2 or not. So thank you very much for that correction. There was also a 4.1 liter, one-year-only engine that was offered in the 91 Wrangler YJs um, that uh, was a very problematic motor and, and a lot of guys don't like because there's not a lot of aftermarket support for them. And, of course, it's a carbureted engine, and we all know how those work off-road. <laughs> yeah, when you get those different uh, different off-road angles, it doesn't uh, doesn't flow very well. Hey, and CW, where in Virginia are you, and do you go off-roading? Maybe we can meet up at Rush Creek. Off-road together. Is Virginia yes. long? Virginia's further than uh, Maryland from uh, Rush Creek, right? Um, it depends on where in Virginia you are. Oh, if you're in northern Virginia, probably not. I need to get a map over here. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Uh, Steve is here with from High Lift. He's been with High Lift Jack Company for 18 years and is responsible wow. for all yeah all aspects of the company's worldwide sales and marketing. He's uh, very passionate about his family, his friends, and off-road community. He's a Jeep owner, a 2008 two-door JK, and drives it every day on and off the road. Tammy, should we ask right away? Go ahead. Get what, it over what, with. What color is the Jeep? Well, it's a, it's a green Jeep, um, oh. but that's only because I couldn't find a red one uh, uh, at the time that I, I went shopping. So. I like that. I can tell that why you're a vice president, why you're in sales, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Steve. <laughs> that was the wrong answer. No. Uh, but but oh, you couldn't find no, a you well. couldn't find a red one, so that's not a very good start. <laughs> no, I know. It's because he has a red Jeep. It's <laughs> All right. Well no. anyway, let's uh let's roll into into this uh now yeah, High Lift right Jack. Along. Yeah, High Lift Jack, I mean, uh this is just I mean, everybody knows about High Lift Jack. Everybody wants one. And uh, you know, even if it's just a uh, a fashion statement on their their modified Jeep, they you know they may never use it, but they gotta have a high lift, and it's gotta be stuck on the outside of their vehicle somewhere where it can be seen, because it's it's like a status symbol, Steve. It it is it it, it has become that, especially in the off road market, and uh, you know we you know we we like to think that everybody uses our jacks all the time um, and uses them uh, regularly for the applications that we produce them for but we also realize that that it has has become a status symbol and a lot of the people that that do buy them and own them you know want to display them as much as they um well more so even than they want to use them um 
and, and that's not a bad thing because uh, in addition to the the status symbol part of the of the uh, of the product, it's you know it, it's always available there if you do happen to need it, and uh, you never know when that might happen. Well, and that's the importance of the of the tool because it's a tool that you use when you need it. You don't have to you don't have to use it every day, and hopefully you don't have to use it every day. Now, you right. guys have a couple of different sizes, at least, right? I know you have the the forty eight inch, and is is there a sixty inch, or is that a lot longer than it, what I'm thinking? It, no, yeah, you're right. We've got a forty eight inch, which is our most popular uh, size, and then we have a sixty inch, which is which is designed for those vehicles that have a little bit bigger tires, a little more lift. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, sometimes when you start to take the suspension up, when you're lifting from the bumper or something like that, that, uh, you know, you get, you can very quickly get to the end of the, of the height of the bar. But we also do make a 42 inch and a 36 inch that a lot of people don't know about. Wow. Um, And that's, that's for uh, people that, you know, are into the UTV market. Um, It's a little bit lighter, smaller for, for those types of applications, but uh, yeah, the forty-eight inch and the sixty-inch jacks are are the most the most popular size. Well, I asked and about that's the what si- I was. I asked I was about just, the size because that's one of the reasons why you stick it on the outside because sometimes it won't fit on the inside. <laughs> no, that's true. That is very true. You know, and, and the sixty-inch does does get uh, a little bit complicated when when you're mounting it on the outside as well because um, if you're mounting it, uh, you know, vertically, um, it can stick up rather far and get caught in caught in trees and that kind of thing. And then if you mount it horizontally, which a lot of people are now doing across the hood, um, it sticks out too far on the sides. So the 48 inches is really, was really designed to be, uh, that's why it's the most popular model. One, it, it fits a little bit better in the vehicle and, or on the vehicle, but it also is, is enough lift, uh, for most, uh, most off-road users. Well, that's what I was going to ask you about. I have 35-inch tires with a three and a half uh-huh. inch lift. So, right. How yeah, the would you know inch what jack, size the, you need? Well, I, I can, you know, I just know the 48 inches. That that's a common size, um, and the 40 inch 48 inch jack is is more than enough. But you know, on on our website and in all of our resource materials, there's specifications that that tell you, you know, how much lift each particular jack height will, will, will give you what the maximum lift height is. So from that, you need to kind of calculate where am I going to be lifting from on this vehicle, whether it's the bumper, um, you know, that that's the most common place, but then you, you figure, okay, the, the, how much height do I need to get the jack up to the bumper? And then how much am I going to need to get the, take the suspension out to actually get, get the vehicle off the ground? Um, so you know, there all those specifications are on our website, but again, the 48-inch jack is is usually um, a, enough for most vehicle applications. I've heard this ugly rumor, and maybe you can confirm this or, or perhaps deny it. But people actually use high lift jacks on things other than Jeeps. They certainly do. In <laughs> fact, um, you know, the, the high lift jack was actually when it was invented. And um, it was actually invented in 1905. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. And to give a little bit more detail to that, it was invented by the great, great grandfather of the current owner of the company. Oh, wow. Um, so it's, we're in our fifth generation of ownership by the same family. And uh, so that's, that's, that's one thing that's very unique to the company. But back when it was invented, it was really primarily invented to be an ag- agricultural tool. 
it was built for tractors and farms for all different types of applications that you might have on a farm, pulling fence posts, um, again, like doing maintenance on, on equipment and that kind of thing. But uh, the off-road market kind of found its way to this product much later, like in the, in the 60s and 70s. Um, people in the off-road market started really picking this up as a, as a valuable tool. And, it's, and now that's become the biggest, the biggest market for high lift jacks is in the off-road market. And that covers you know, not only the off-road, but the overlanding and, and off-highway applications and military applications as well. But um, you may be referring to you know, the, uh, the more recent market efforts that we've put in, and that's to the fire and rescue market. So um, the, you know, p- firefighters have been using the high lift jack uh, for a number of years to, as kind of an alternative jaws of life. And so where you have, you know, the jaws of life equipment that are all hydraulic um, spreaders and that kind of thing, you can actually use the high lift jack to do a lot of those same maneuvers um, without the expense of the hydraulic tools or having power. So it's a mechanical way to, um, to do a lot of those same maneuvers. But, you know, we, we really didn't have any idea that, that the firefighters were using our jack that, that prevalently um, for those types of applications. And uh, when we found out they were, you know, we kind of worked with, decided to work with some firefighters and de- develop some new components for the jack that would make it more usable for the fire industry. So we, we launched uh, several years ago, we launched what we call the first responder jack. And that is a specific jack that's made by Highlift that is for the, uh, the fire and rescue service. So it's, it's, not, it's not a replacement for the Jaws of Life equipment, but where you know, the Jaws of Life equipment you know, may cost several thousand dollars for one set of tools, you can get a, a Highlift first responder jack for you know, as little as a couple hundred dollars and uh, be able to do some of the same types of maneuvers. Um, you know, smaller, smaller fire departments, they don't have the ability to spend a lot of money and have tools or hydraulic tools for every vehicle they have, but they can certainly go out and buy a first responder jack to have with every one of their vehicles and allow them to do those types of maneuvers. That's exactly um, what I was thinking about, like a small yeah. volunteer fire department. This is, exactly. this is an excellent tool. And you know, if it's been beat to death off road, that it's going to uh, be able to save somebody's life in the, as right. well. Right. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Small fire departments and also, you know, volunteer firefighters, they, a lot of times they have to, they have to buy their own equipment. So they're, you know, this is a very affordable tool for them to get that allows them to do some immediate extrication um, when they come upon a, a crash scene or any type of, of rescue situation. So it's uh, it's been a really good it's been a really good market for us and it's really growing fast and um, we're we're real real happy with it. So you're talking about using the high lift jack for other things other than you know lifting up your vehicle. Right. I was um, listening to a friend of mine who was at the 36 hours of URE competition, and yes. one of the things that um, she was describing to me was using the jack as like, I guess you would call it like a come along right. to like, you know, winch your vehicle. Right. Um, and I found that really interesting that you could, you know, it's like an old fashioned, you know, um, yeah, so, hand powered winch. Exactly. You know, so 
it's it's called a high lift jack so you know a lot of people just assume that's what it is it's a jack it's you know it's just for lifting but uh you know it was really developed and designed to be like a multi-purpose mechanical recovery tool and so not only does it lift it can be used for winching it can be used for clamping it can be used for spreading um, it can, you know, a lot of people in the off-road market even use it to break the bead on a tire. Um, you know, there's just a lot of different applications that it can be used for, and that's what makes it so so useful. But, but the winching, the winching application is something that a lot of people don't really realize that you can do with the jack, and it's just, uh, you know, instead of operating the jack in a in a vertical uh, position where you're you, you know using it to lift something. You're, you're operating it in a horizontal position where you have um, on the upper end of the jack is, is tied off to, uh, you know, a tree or, or whatever object you're pulling from. And then the other end is connected um, to our uh, to the vehicle and then to the, to the lifting nose. So when you go to operate the handle, just like you would in the, in the vertical position, it, it pulls the load horizontally along the, along the length of the rail. So, you know, you can't, you can't go uh, a long distance, but you can go three or four feet, um, which is often all you need to go um, in your, in whatever situation you're in. But uh, so, you know, it's, and a lot of people say, well, I've already got a winch, you know, my vehicle, why, why do I, why would I ever need to do that? But um, I've been in many situations where um, I've needed to go sideways a little bit or even backwards. Uh, forward wasn't really the best option for me. And uh, it's, it, you know, makes it very difficult if you have a winch mounted on the front of your vehicle to be able to do some of the, those maneuvers unless you have a lot of really special equipment to, to rig it up so that you can. But uh, so it's, 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 just a, it's just a good multi-purpose tool to have. And again, you, you hope you don't have to use it, but uh, you definitely want to have it if you ever do need to. And another thing I, I hear a lot when it comes to using a high lift jack is how dangerous it can be, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you don't use it properly. That's um, right, yeah. Do you guys have anything on your website that would, you know, or a brochure or something? They have, a, they have a waiver that you sign when you buy one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wish we did. <laughs> uh, you can't no, fix that, stupid, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, I, I get that. No, Tammy, you're ta- into your question, yes, uh, you know, we have a lot of information on our on our website and then in our instruction manuals that come with the jack, um, our instruction manual. And, you know, I realize not everybody reads, but it's laid out really, really good to point out some of the main safety features um, in using the jack. And, and again, any jack, anything that's going to lift uh, your vehicle, um, that's going to be able to lift 7,000 pounds, it's going to be dangerous if you don't use it right and if you don't use it properly. So um, it's very important to make sure you understand how to use the jack and how to use it safely. And we we do invest a lot of time and and money in making sure that uh, that information is out there on on how to do it as safely as possible. And, uh, you know, I've not seen a jack out in the market that that isn't or can't be dangerous. Um, They all are. And it's just something you have to know um, when you're using any type of a of a lifting tool. I guess any sort of tool can be oh, dangerous absolutely. if you don't use it properly. Sure. Right. Right. Ask the girl that removed half her scalp with the uh, <laughs> the uh, uh, electric uh, uh, drill where she was trying to brush right. her hair for 
for YouTube. And she literally oh, removed no. her scalp. Yeah. So, um, so I, you know, you mentioned earlier about uh, the 48-inch left uh, having a, mm-hmm. a certain uh, amount of lift you can get out of it. Uh, I was changing right. the um, uh, my leaf spring uh, shackles. And I was trying to use my 48-inch high-lift jack to, to raise the back end of my Jeep, uh, lifted Jeep. Now, I have a, right. a, a Cherokee, so it's a bit different with the leaf springs. Uh, and I had that issue. I was getting I was getting kind of high up on the thing, and I, I had enough room to, to get enough uh, to get it up high enough to get the, the load right. off the leaf springs. But I right. kept getting nervous is the higher and higher I would go because I was thinking about that pressure that's right there in the middle of that long bar. Have you guys right. had failures where the, the bar actually uh, has uh, broken and splintered uh, or is it more of a bending thing or, yeah. or hell no, that doesn't, there's, right. there's court action yeah. and I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, with the jack bar will not, will not break or snap. Um, never, I've never experienced that or heard any, anybody uh, ever, ever have any issues with that, but the bar can bend. And again, the higher you go, on it, the, the more opportunity there is for that to happen. But it's very important when you're lifting to make sure that, you know, you're lifting straight up and down with the jack. If you start to get any kind of shifting with the load where it starts to move one side or the other, um, then you're not lifting straight up and down. And that's typically when you might see um, a little bit of bending. And, you know, it's not going to just fold all the way over. You might just start to notice a little bit of bending in the bar. Um, a lot of times when the load, when you, when you lower the load back down, um, that bending, it'll automatically straighten out, um, for the most part, but it, it's very important that if you are lifting a load and you start to see that it's, you know, maybe leaning one way or the other, or start the load started to shift, just simply lower the jack back down, reposition the jack and, and go again. It was, it's most likely that you were kind of off center, um, when you lifted it to be in the first time. So it, it's very important to make sure that, you know, you don't just lift it and, and think that you're good to go. The other thing is, is that when you're lifting a vehicle um, with any jack, um, it, it's important to make sure it's blocked or, you know, jack stands or something like that. I, I certainly, you know, all of our materials recommend that you use some sort of a jack stand if you're actually doing maintenance on the vehicle. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, the high lift jack is, you know, it's, it's designed to lift. It's not a stabilizing tool. You know, and, um, you know, it's designed to lift so that you can, you know, stabilize it, uh, do maintenance on the vehicle. But it's also designed to be able to lift the vehicle so that you can maybe, you know, out of out of the mud if you're stuck in mud or to, you know, put a rock under the tire if you're high centered. You know, that that's the type of thing it's designed to do. So um, it's just it's just important to make sure that it's, you know, that the, the load is stabilized if you're ever doing any kind of maintenance on it. Now I've noticed that there's uh, I don't know if I if I would call it a trend or not, but I've noticed that there are some um, hydraulic jacks kind of coming out like floor jacks that are being made for off-road mm-hmm. people. And you know, God bless right. them. I don't know where they stick them in a JK, but uh, yeah. but they do. <laughs> Is right. are, have you guys looked at, at doing anything like that? Well, we've uh, we've been experimenting with um, a hydraulic version of the high lift jack, and uh, we're not really ready to uh, to say too much about that because we're still in the early engineering stages on that. But uh, any any jack that we come up with, you know, the products that we make are for um, off you know more extreme off road type applications. You know the the floor the floor style jacks that you see that are being promoted in the off road industry, 
they're great if you're on a flat surface. Um, you know, they work great for those types of things or on um, dirt or pavement or whatever it may be. But, you know, if you're out in the mud or dirt or in water, um, you know, you can't do that kind of thing with, with those types of floor jacks. You know, they're, they're just not usable for those types of, of applications. So anything that we come out with is going to be more specific to the style of jack that we make now with, with the high lift. So, you know, we, we're, we're looking at um, um, offering a, a version of the high lift jack that, uh, that will be hydraulic. And uh, don't really know exactly when that's going to be. But uh, like I said, we're kind of in the early engineering stages on that product. But uh, we're excited about that um, being a possibility down the road. Well, that's great. I'm sure our listeners are happy to hear a little tidbit of information of stuff that's coming up. Right. Now, I have a, um, I don't know if I can say this. No, this you is can't. A bad don't, word. Don't, don't ruin our <laughs> reputation here, Tammy. Um, I have a, a Smitty Belt um, jack that right. it was actually gifted to me. Um, so what is the difference between that and your jack? Right. Well, we're, we're careful about about how we, we handle those types of things, especially the Smitty Belt Jack. Um, it's owned by, uh, by Four Wheel Parts, who happens to be one of our customers. So, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, we no. have to be careful. We have to be careful about that. But, uh, you, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's like this. I mean, the, the, the high lift jacks that, that we make are the original jacks. Uh, we, you know, we've been making them since 1905 here in the same, facility here in Bloomfield, Indiana. Wow. That's um, amazing. So you're talking about, you know, over 110 years of, um, you know, engineering, manufacturing, testing experience with, with the high lift jacks. Um, you know, we test every one of our jacks twice before they leave our factory. Um, we, we test them to our rated load capacity, which is 4,660 pounds. And then we also test them to the maximum load capacity, which is 7,000 pounds. And, uh, and then we, we do an actual manual test on a light load up and down with the jack as a final test before we put them on the pallets to ship out to our customers. So, you know, the jacks are, you know, they're, they're thoroughly tested, every single one of them, to make sure they operate like they should before we ship them out. Um, we offer a full line of, of accessories for our jacks that just make the jacks more usable. Um, and if you get on our website, you'll be able to see all the different types of accessories that we have. But these accessories that we've we've designed and, and developed, um, most of them only work with our high lift brand jacks. So, you know, you 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 might buy a Smitty Belt jack or another, you know, knockoff brand jack and um, they don't have accessories available for them and a lot of our accessories will not work with them. So just, I you know, just recommend that our, you know, your listeners keep that in mind. But, uh, I'd, I'd say the biggest thing is that, you know, you know, outside of the fact that our, our products are made here in the U S with a lot of, um, you know, workmanship experience is that, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the international four wheel drive trainers association. Yep. But uh, they're uh, they're a, a real quality organization, and you know it's it's it is what it is, what it says it is. They're they're four wheel drive trainers that are certified to teach and train how to uh, uh, to do a lot of recovery maneuvers um, with with a vehicle, 
And our jacks are the only jacks that are actually certified and recommended by the International Four Wheel Drive Trainers Association. And um, wow. that that's not that's not a, a you know a small achievement really because it's not something that we you know we pay them to do or that they take any they get any. Uh, money from that, that's something that they take on their own to go out and find products that, that they really um, trust and that the products that they think are the best products. And they endorse those and recommend those as recommended product. And, you know, our, our high lift jacks are the only jacks um, um, that are that are recommended and endorsed by the International Four-Wheel Drive Trainers Association. Now, so these are the people that know um, know what's the best and they recommend the best. And uh, so we're we're real pleased and and happy that uh, they've given us that distinction. So Steve, let me just get this out of the way real quick because I was going to ask you about uh, the the different colors the high lift come in come in because we all know as off roaders the color of the high lift jack is the most important part of it. <laughs> of course, right. <laughs> but right. Uh, you do not have any purple high lift jacks. No, we don't have any purple. We've there got you go, Tammy. We, <laughs> we're close. Uh, we've got we've got like a uh, a blue. Um, I saw a that red, white, one. and blue one. Um, that's our Patriot Edition jack. Oh, and, that's uh, that, neat. Yeah, we we came up with that with that jack uh, several years ago. We just felt like uh, being a an American company, and uh, you know our products being built and, and made right here in in the USA. We we wanted to do something that kind of paid tribute to that and told our story, but also was allowed us to give back um, to a worthy charity. So every um, one of the Patriot Edition jacks that we sell, we give a we give a portion of those proceeds to the Hope for the Warriors organization. Excellent. Um, which is a real quality organization as well, and you know they uh, uh, the money goes to um, help support veterans that have come back uh, that are either wounded, um, some of them may be deceased, and that the money goes to help their families. Um, in you know whatever issues they're dealing with, it also goes to uh, um, helping educate um, former veterans into you know new work skills and that kind of thing. Um, we we searched long and hard for an organization that we really felt good about, and Hope for the Warriors is one that that we're we're proud to support with the uh, Patriot Edition Jack. But uh, you know you you ask about the colors of jacks that we have. You know we have the the red the red jack which is uh, again probably our most popular and that's our all cast iron jack and then we have the a black jack i know I, 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 that. I got that i got that well, yeah. you can't find we it when have, you need it we do have a black jack with a, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have the blue one and we've got a gray one which is our extreme jack um and uh you know those, those are the main colors that that we we utilize and of course the the first responder jack is yellow and red and black so it's probably our you know uh, you can definitely find that one. Oh yeah that you, one sticks out in the to. crowd right but uh but yeah you know we we've also considered doing some things we realized that there's a lot of people that you know they want to buy the jack based on what color um is best <laughs> right. for their their vehicle. And there's nothing you know, wrong with that a, there's nothing wrong no, with that i just there is, i just find it funny you know like, let's know. get this match my jeep just right, right. so <laughs> well you know the art we've got a mixed mixed group here you know we've got the real hardcore um off-road people here that that just don't see any sense in that right but then we've got the some of the realists here that realize that you know you know we want to be 
all things to all people with our product line. And there are people that, that, you know, are, are buying it for that purpose. And, mm-hmm. and so we're looking at doing some things where we, we um, are going to be offering more color options down the road. That's great. So it makes uh, sense. So yeah, yeah. You know, look, look for those things down the road as well. So let me give you. Now, what if you can't be patient and wait for those down the road? <laughs> then you spray and, it yourself. Right. right. And you decide to spray paint it yourself. Is that. I know a lot of people that thing? do it. The only oh, thing okay. I would recommend, I would, the only thing I would recommend is that if you do spray paint the jack, just be, you know, be careful around the pins and springs because, you know, those are just, those are working parts that pop in and right. out of the bar as it's climbing. Right. And if you, you spray paint those, you're going to maybe cause some some issues there but uh you know there's a lot of people that will take a disassemble the jack and they'll either have it powder coated or they'll just spray paint the parts to the colors that they want and reassemble the jack it's not really that hard to put together um to be honest but uh so you know there's a lot of people a lot of people that do that and if you also just watch online from time to time we, we do some special edition um jacks with a lot of our customers so um Meyer Distributing is one of our bigger distributors. Um, they've come to us in the past and said, you know, hey, we'd like to do a, a breast cancer awareness jack. And so we did a, 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 a black jack for them that had a pink handle. And uh, so they bought, you know, uh, a bulk order of those or two and, uh, and offered those online through a lot of their different dealers. So you'll see the, those types of things come up from time to time. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of people that, that paint their jack. Now, Steve, I can see that High Lift over at high-lift.com is open to some ideas. And, and I had a million-dollar idea for you. Now, our <laughs> listeners have heard this one before because it's, it's that good. So oh, geez, I'm Louise. thinking, uh, and this is one of the limited times I'd recommend a, a black High Lift jack, but the, the, the guys that like putting these things on the hood of their Jeeps. Uh, right. So High Lift, black High Lift jack, 48 inches, good. What you guys need to come out with is an accessory uh, belt, like as in a belt feed. So when the women think that it's a uh, assault wife rifle on the the Jeep, it, they, they can confirm right. it by having the the belt feed of all the ammo. Maybe some yeah. Nerf bullets you could put yeah. in there. No. There you go. There you go. Yeah, Not a good idea, funny. We'll, Tony. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to different events, and we, you know we'll be you know set up or driving. For instance, we were in Moab last week. You know, we uh, don't brag. Yeah, well, I know, I know. I'm sorry, but you know, we were we were driving parked downtown in Moab, and you know, just walking around, and came out to our Jeep, and you know, there was a couple of people up there that were asking other people what this was mounted on the on the hood um, of the Jeep, and referring to the jack. But you know, we have had different situations where people have thought that that it was some sort of an assault <laughs> rifle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, but. Uh, um, yeah, so you get all kinds of things. People, people, a lot of people don't don't realize what the product is for if they're not you know in the market. But uh, um, it's 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 amazing to see how many of them are on vehicles. And you know, working for the company, I, I spend a lot of time driving around looking for jacks and counting how many I see on a trip. Um, oh, that kind of thing. what a so great! It's fun. What a great traveling game! I didn't even think about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you're if you're if you work for the company, I guess it's a fun traveling game. Otherwise, it's probably not that exciting. Hey, I don't. I have one. Uh, I don't work for the company, but I always notice them when I see them. So it's right. it's not just you. 
Um, yeah, so yeah. you know how the kids love the social media. Is there a sure. way that uh, I mentioned the uh, the High Lift uh, website, which is the most important one you need to know? Uh, high right. Lift dash. I'm sorry, high-lift.com is where you go, like like right. you guys don't already know. But anyway, that's that's where you go to, to see all the, the fun stuff that they've got. Uh, how else right. can they find you guys? Well, on uh, on Facebook and Instagram, we're at High Lift Jacks, and it's it's High Lift with, with no hyphen. So it's just H-I-L-I-F-T-J-A-C-K-S. And if you go to either one of those on on Facebook or Instagram, you'll find us there and, and all our uh, fun, exciting pictures and information on new products that we've got coming out or any different events that we're going to be at throughout the year. Uh, we try to we try to keep a pretty active uh, social media um, campaign. So we, we, we you know, it, we try to post some interesting stuff on there. And I, I think um most of our followers think we do. So. Oh, yeah, you definitely have because I've been uh, watching you guys uh, from uh, the Jeep Talk Show Instagram account uh, in Moab. And, oh, my God, just some beautiful scenery. And, uh, yeah. you know, that high lift jack really sticks out there just just wonderfully. Right, right. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And, yeah, it, it was it was a good time this year. It was perfect weather. So you get, it was easy to get some really good good photography. It's just a good opportunity out there to not only network with um, – with other manufacturers that, that, you know, we, we work with, but also our customers, um, you know, distributors, but also retail customers out there and gives us a good opportunity to, to get some new products in front of them, get some feedback and, you know, just enjoy time wheeling uh, with people that we work with in our company day, you know, day in, day out, and then also other people in the industry. So it's, it's it's got a lot of benefit to it, and the weather just happened to be perfect this oh, it was, year for it. Was, it so. I mean, from the pictures, it looked great. Yeah. Now, Steve, I don't want to forget this part because uh, we kind of teased this last week that there might be a giveaway from High Lift uh, with uh, your interview this week. Uh, is that going to come true? Are we going to actually do a giveaway? I think we can do that. Excellent. I think we can definitely do that. So, uh, tell us what it is. It's a, so a, a nice High Lift sticker. I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it comes with one. Excellent. It comes with a high lift sticker, but what we're doing um, is we're giving away one of the 48 inch high lift extreme jacks, and oh. uh, this is this is the extreme jack that is is built for the more extreme, serious off road um, consumer. So it, it's perfect for your your uh, your crowd, and I think uh, uh, it's about a hundred twenty dollar. Um, wow. hundred thirty dollar value. So thank you very much. Nope. You, you no, heard it there, folks. Our pleasure. Now, what we do is we have the, the, the folks call into our, our voicemail line, and it depends on what number uh, they are, if they win or not. And, uh, I mean, that's one of the, the things we have them do. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, let's pick a number between 1 and 10, So and that will be the number caller that they have to be. All right. Well, let's go with, uh, let's go with number 2. So um, now we also like to get them to like uh, buy in a little bit, uh, you know, pay a little something for this opportunity, right. and we'd like to get them a, have a, uh, them to say a phrase. Is right. there is there a specific phrase you'd like for them to say when they call in? Yeah, let's uh, let's go with high lift, the original power tool. 
All right, Yay. guys. Yeah, you guys, you heard it right there. So now you can win a 48-inch high-lift extreme jack, $120, $130 value, uh, and by simply call, being caller number two to our voicemail line. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to get that information. And don't forget, now this phrase has to be exact, high-lift, the original power tool. You must be 18 years of age or older. The giveaway is available to shipping addresses in the continental United States unless otherwise stated. You may only call in once per giveaway unless otherwise stated. Calling in twice means you will be disqualified. If a phrase or word is required, you must say this correctly and completely for your call to be considered valid. Do not call back into correct if you've messed up. You will be disqualified. Giveaway items come from the individual or company that is providing it directly to you. The Jeep Talk Show is not involved with the exception of providing them with the winner information and address. Tony, do you think maybe you could fire me for like a week? So I could try to win the jack since I'm on a winning streak. <laughs> Tammy, uh, I, I I don't want to say, but let's just put it this way. You would never be caller number two. <laughs> no. no matter what, even if I was. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, uh-huh. you know how it is. <laughs> she just won a winch. Uh, Steve. Yeah, I did. Did she? Uh, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's I know. Good. It was it was really even really more so cool. whenever she kept whining about uh we keep whining to her about getting a, a winch and she says, No, I'll win one, I'll win one, I'll win one. Uh-huh. And then <laughs> and then this last weekend she purchased and uh, purchased one and told everybody to say she won I it. I so. did not. <laughs> I won it Tammy, there square. Tammy, you contact me after the show and we'll uh we'll see if we can get get you a good deal on he, one. There you Give go. Me a, you, a real, a real you, jack. Need, I will do that. You need an actual high lift jack, Tammy, because you take no, your I Jeep do. out and you really take it off road, and you, and you don't want to get in a bad situation. Or and, even and, just a, a and, flat tire on the side of the road. And you can give that uh, that Smitty built to uh, Nikki G next time you see him. Oh, there you I could do that. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much. I'm sorry we held you held you over so much uh, so long, but it was just a real interesting interview, and we had so many questions to ask you. Uh, thank you very much for your time, and uh, I just just so happy that we were able to get high lift here on our show. Thank you. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you very much for allowing allowing us to be on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you. A big thanks again to Steve Dowden for taking the time to talk about the High Lift Jack Company and for for providing one heck of a giveaway for the Jeep Talk Show. A genuine 48-inch High Lift Extreme Jack. And the phrase that pays, don't forget, High Lift, the original power tool. Gotta say it in order to win it. Yeah, it was a really enjoyable interview and uh, we went long on it, but it's hard not to go long when you're uh, getting so much great information. Well, and talking with a you know representative from a global company who has such a reputation like Highlift does around the planet. I mean, man, from Australia to the Great White North, uh, I don't think there's anybody that doesn't know about Highlift Jacks who's an off-road enthusiast. Yeah, and I had no idea. 1905, same place, built them for the same place in the USA since 1905. My yeah, I didn't know they God. were in the same place uh, since 1905, but I know they've been around forever. I mean, referred to as the original farm jack before there were four-wheel drive vehicles. So, I mean, you know, there you go. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Maybe you yourself work in the off-road industry, or maybe you just know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Everybody has a, a story to tell, and uh, we'd like to hear yours. Mm-hmm. 
Going up next week, Michelle Sibley, uh, Jeeps at the Beach, Texas. Now, you'll remember Michelle was on our show last year about this time to talk about Jeeps at the Beach. Uh, This is the event uh, that Jeeps at the Beach, Texas goes to down in Bolivar, Texas. And you may have even seen some uh, some videos up on the Jeep Talk Show uh, YouTube channel. In fact, I got notification uh, just a couple of days ago, guys, that uh, uh, that video, that Go Topless uh, Day video, has hit 50,000 downloads. Wow. They said to celebrate. Yeah, they actually wanted me to go over there and post something because it was like, wow, 50,000. So I was like, eh, cool. (laughs) So thank you very much. If if you have watched the uh, uh, Go Topless Day uh, 2018 video on our uh, YouTube.com slash Jeep Talk Show, thank you very much for watching it. And if you haven't, you might want to go have a look. It's short, and uh, there's, uh, there's no naked people on there. And don't forget to like and subscribe. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And uh, about Jeepers, given the Jeep wave, uh, I've also conducted my own survey. I went out and I asked uh, 37 Jeepers about (laughs) who they Jeep wave and why they Jeep wave and if they even do Jeep wave. And uh, here's my results. Uh, 17 of them said, get the heck away from me. Uh Eight of them called the police. <laughs> Six of them pepper sprayed me. <laughs> and one of them hit me with a wiffle ball bat, pepper sprayed me, and served me cold, lumpy mashed potatoes. Ooh. Thanks, Mom. The dinner was great. I'll see you next week. <laughs> trying to add it all up. Uh, Nikki G, don't do math. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later. You have a good one. Bye. Oh, one of the best right there. <laughs> So now this week's title could be Nikki G and on the pole. (laughs) You know, that's funny because I told you guys that somebody actually, they couldn't listen to the show because they were busy driving and and, uh, stopping go traffic. And uh, they actually sent me a message on Facebook saying, what's this pole and Tammy? What's going on with that? Uh (laughs) Somebody was thinking Tammy was uh, doing some pole work or something. Yeah. I don't know. Taking a pole dancing class. <laughs> I don't know, think I could ever that, do that. That, that could be, be your next weird. YouTube video. You just need to yes. mount a pole in the back of your Jeep and make it Jeep related. We, we have a pole in our basement. You know, I told you that uh, we could get a gong, hang it from the ceiling, and then what you could do is you could spin and hit it with your foot. Yeah, that would never happen, Tony. I would break my neck <laughs> trying to do that. <laughs> be like the dinner bell, Tammy. Hey guys, this is uh, Brad from Pennsylvania. Hey, uh, just listening to yesterday's show. It's about six o'clock in the morning here in PA. And Josh, your joke about the Frankenstein farting out a junker on a Jeep joke was freaking hilarious, man. Look like an idiot rolling around in the middle of my warehouse right now laughing about that. But I'm pretty sure that also describes, describes my Jeep like to a T. Anyhow, just in case, uh, you didn't hit two or seven yet, death wobble. So, uh, all right. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you later. I'm sorry. I played that voicemail by mistake, Josh. That wasn't supposed to be in there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's all going to my head, I assure you. (laughs) You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. 
And this week, we've got something that falls right in line with the guest of the show uh, for this week. It's from High Lift, and this is the High Lift Jack LM100, otherwise known as the Lift Mate. I've been wanting and one I've, of these. Yeah, seriously. If, if you've ever seen one of these in action, you're going to definitely say this is a must-have. I, I definitely th- say this is a must-have for any Jeeper. Uh, you got to have one of these in, in the uh, recovery bag as well. The uh, High Lift LM100 Lift Mate allows any High Lift Jack to lift a vehicle by the wheel, uh, pretty much any vehicle, but as long as you don't max out your high lift uh, uh, capacity there. Greatly reduces the amount of up travel uh, the jack bar is required to lift the wheel uh, or lift the vehicle to an adequate and safe height. 5,000 pound lift capacity of this component alone has rubber coated hooks that protect the wheels. That's how it attaches to the wheels. And rubber, and there's a rubber pad that is built into the device as well, which protects the, both the tire and the wheel at the lifting point on the jack itself. So there's going to be no harm to the wheel or to the rubber, worry about puncturing the vehicle or anything like that. Perfect for recovery situations where you got to get a wheel up and, and get something underneath of it, you know, get some, something underneath the tire to get yourself a little bit more traction. Uh, stuff like that for, you know, stacking a rock or um, you uh, are at the uh, the Jeep show and you want to do a little bit of a posing action. You just want to lift that tire up and throw a log underneath of it. Come on. I mean, for $38.99 with free shipping from Amazon.com, you can't beat it. And this is definitely going to be a must have item to add to your Jeep gear as well. The LiftMate, uh, the, the High Lift LM100 LiftMate. Ah, so I've been wondering about this. Uh, I couldn't understand how you could actually change the tire with it being hooked to the wheel. I figured there was some some gimmick there that you had to do to actually lift it up, take the wheel off, and then put now, your spare on. This wouldn't be something that you would use to change uh, to change a tire, change a wheel, unless you were had had this hooked up to the bumper. Now, I mean, the LiftMate can be used in a number of configurations. It was designed. Uh, to work with a wheel and tire combination, but that's not to say it can't work on, um, you know, for instance, your uh, uh, your rock rails or uh, the ledge on your bumper or something like that. Um, definitely able to, you know, to use this in a number of ways other than just, you know, around a tire. Uh, for instance, if you wanted to sw- swap a tire using your high lift jack, so. So did you say the price on it? I see in the notes, but. Uh, I did, I did. This is under $40, folks, $38.99 free shipping, and of course, we're going to have a link in the show notes for this episode that you can get that for your very self through Jeep Talk Show, giving us a little bit of credit. I may have to go buy one of these uh, on Amazon because it's uh, I've been wanting one of these things. This would be a great thing to go in the oh shit bag. There you go. Well, now that you must have a high lift jack lift mate for your very own, we'll make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com, look for the link in the show notes for episode 382. Just click on that. You're all hooked up. Hey guys, it's the FM Jeeper. Give you guys another call. Uh, just calling to say um, I'm excited to hear about. Uh, I believe you're having uh, the high lift, uh, a high lift rep on the next show, which is kind of very uh, interesting because uh, I'm in the process of uh, restoring a high lift that I bought uh, bought off uh, Facebook Marketplace really cheap. So it's going to be kind of cool to tie that in. Um, and uh, so uh, my my son Logan wanted to say something. Death wobble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Have a good week. I hope you're Hi, Logan. Thanks for listening. Sound like, <laughs> sound like Logan had some more to say. Didn't want that phone taken away. <laughs>
Uh, he was wanting to call back in for the uh, the high lift giveaway. <laughs> hey, real real quick, I wanted to touch on something that FM Jeeper there uh, was uh, said in, in his voicemail talking about restoring a high lift jack. Now, for those out there who maybe are uh, balk a little bit at the prices of a brand new forty eight inch high lift jack, um, yeah, they can get expensive from retailers and stuff online. Yeah, the, the shipping might be a little heavy. You know, it's a, it's a heavy item and stuff like that. You find a, a true high lift jack on Craigslist. Highlift sells complete rebuild kits to where you can rebuild every single last component in that mechanism, including the mechanism itself, even replace going so far as to replace the bar or the base. You can literally buy and replace each and every single part on that Highlift jack, no matter how old it is, through Highlift's website. They've got every part there. Uh, in a, it's a very easy to find, very easy to navigate. Uh, and if you have a high lift jack, it's not working properly, or maybe you want to buy one used and you're worried about it working properly, they sell rebuild kits very cheap, very effective, and very easy to install. And the Jeep Talk Show urges you to make sure it's a high lift jack and not mm. a, another brand. Um, Has to be high lift. Yeah, because certainly if you're going to be uh, using the high lift rebuild kit too. So yeah. you, you're talking about the high lift jacks being expensive, and I was just curious because I think I paid around eighty bucks for mine. Um, they're currently eighty-seven dollars and ninety-nine cents on Amazon, and it's free shipping for which which version? That is the high lift jack uh, HL four eighty five forty eight inch high lift inch. red emphasis on red. All cast jack. Now, oh, that's the all cast. Yeah, that's 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 a good jack. Yeah, good jack. Not the extreme, but that's no, a good jack. no, no. I was just going to say they do have the extreme on here as well, which is the 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 one that's in the giveaway. Um, I lost it. I was going to say I think it's 105. Uh, on uh, yeah, here it is. High lift. Uh, well, this is the XT 605. That's a 60 inch. That's 105. Wow, that's not bad for. A, <laughs> no, I was going to say that's a good jack. deal. Yeah. <laughs> great, great deals over at Amazon. So. Uh, we, we definitely, uh, do, uh, business with those folks because, uh, we really enjoy, uh, they got good product and, and free shipping. Uh, the, 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 the winch that I actually purchased, Tammy, uh, I got from, uh, from Amazon for four ninety nine with free shipping. And if any time, $4 could, and 99 cents, it was, it was a hell of a deal. That was, and that wasn't with a coupon. No. Are you serious? $4 and <laughs> oh, No, no, no. I thought you were giving me crap. <laughs> no, four hundred ninety-nine dollars. <laughs> I had a Henway coupon. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> but I mean, anytime you can get a, a seventy-pound, I think it was like sixty, seventy pounds. Oh yeah, no, anytime not you light. can get that thing delivered for free, it's just like, oh my god, it's Christmas. So yeah, anyway, uh, Amazon, good place to go. I, and I know some of you folks want to, you want to support the local uh, local folks. Please do, but. Uh, if you're out in the sticks like I am here in Houston, it's uh, Amazon's a great way to go. <laughs> yeah, uh, highlift.com, H-I-L-I-F-T.com. Uh, uh, you can find a local retailer there. They do have a, uh, a way to find a an authorized Highlift distributor in your area. Just uh, type in your zip code and uh, you can find out where you can go. Sorry, I'm doing a Tammy. I'm sitting here lo- shopping, looking at stuff I can buy. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody just... Just be all right, patient. hold on. Tony's shopping. Five-minute five timeout. We're all going shopping. Yep. <laughs> Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware. Oh. 
Oh, look at all these trees that I could hug. <laughs> you know, I'm trying really hard not to comment because uh, we have show notes and I can see about what you're getting ready to talk about. And I got all excited, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'm not going to say anything. So there, there's an event that I participate in just about every year, um, and it's through Solve. Uh, it, it, it's a, a nonprofit group that uh, goes around and, and cleans up uh, environments, beaches, and, and areas like that. Well, Solve um, does a cleanup here in the Tillamook State Forest every year uh, during Earth Day weekend. And, uh, and I, I usually participate in this. I didn't get a chance to get out uh, this year. had just way too much stuff going on locally uh, for me to take a, an entire day and get out, get out there. I uh, just wasn't able to make it happen. Missed out on it this year. I'm sorry to to uh, to report that. Uh, something I look forward to each and every year. So I'm gonna try and get up there um, uh, with a couple of bags, do my own cleanup uh, the next time I'm up there. Anyways, uh, always good idea. Anyways, folks, if if you if you're out wheeling, carry a grocery bag with you, or um, you know one of those uh, you know hangs off your your spare tire type of things. You know, um, and pick up trash that you see on the trail. Uh, just makes makes a better environment for everybody. Um, aside from that, I've got some uh, some big things happening with with my own Jeep. Uh, something that I I have been putting off for quite a long time, primarily because of cost. Uh, and it's expensive to regear your Jeep. Uh, if anybody has done any research as far as regearing, you know that the, the gears themselves aren't exactly very cheap, and typically labor to put them in uh, is also not very cheap uh, because it does take specialty equipment, specialty tools and a specialty knowledge on doing proper gear setups to where you don't drive down the road and five miles later end up with two locked up axles. Um, that's not something that anybody wants to have happen. I have an opportunity um, that, to take advantage of a situation to where I'm going to be getting gear, my gears redone for next to nothing. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how much money I'm saving. I'm still going to have to come out of pocket. It's still going to be several hundred dollars. Uh, it's not going to be close to two grand what I was thinking it was going to end up being. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely going to be within my budget and something that I can make happen finally. So 456 gears are on the radar. Um, I'm going to be handing over some cash this weekend to, um, an associate of mine who's going to be taking care of the purchase for me. Uh, and then a, uh, a mutual associate of the two of us are, is going to be doing the install. Um, now that will be done probably a little bit later on down the road. It's not going to be something that all happens all at once. Uh, the gear purchase is going to take a, a good chunk of my savings. That's going to um, um, have to get re, re, rebuilt, re, re-upped a little bit. And so in another month or two, I'll be able to pay for the labor. So that's, uh, I'm very excited about that. 456 gears uh, coming into my axles here very soon. Now I'm I'm sure that you you've experienced it. You know I only have the one Jeep, and I've only I've only modified the one Jeep. And and as far as driving another Jeeps, I really never have. It's it's really just been this mm. this one Jeep for me. So uh, all my experience has been with the 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 Cherokee that I drive. So whenever you talk about putting the 456 gears in there, which is what I currently have in mind, uh, I I remember back to. Uh, what it felt like driving it with the 32s and the four and a half inch lift and how boggy it was uh, going up and over freeways and just how much freaking fun it was when the 456s got in there and I got them broken in and I could actually, you know, uh, uh, hit the hit the, the torquey motor, the torquey 4.0 to actually launch that thing uh, as much yeah. as, as much as the, the Cherokee will launch. But boy, you just feel a huge difference. And well, off-road, off it's great. It's yeah. so nice off-road. 
I, that's what I can't wait for. My, my, my Jeep is built as a rock crawler. That's, that's the primary type of wheeling that I do is I play in the rocks. And so I, I need that low gear range for that mm-hmm. technical wheeling that you just, you, you got to have that crawl ratio for. And, and the, 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 um, the 355 just ain't cutting it. I'm telling you. So yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very much looking makes, forward to that. And go ahead, Tammy. I was just going to say it makes such a huge difference. Oh yeah. I know. Just going from my Sahara to the Rubicon, I was like amazed at how much of a difference it makes. Just going over even just little itty bitty rocks. So, Josh, do you think there may be a, a transfer case change in the future, or maybe even a? I just rebuilt using, that thing. Well, <laughs> I, I don't know how difficult no, this don't. would be, but perhaps even maybe using a another two thirty one as a would it be a doubler? Oh, uh, no, I, I would probably use a 203 if I'm going to do a doubler uh, setup. Um, but uh, if, if, if I'm going to go into that much of work, I mean, there are, there are some doubler boxes, you know, some granny gear boxes that you can put in. Um, Terraflex, I think, makes a, uh, makes a, a kit that you can put in. Um, I know Terraflex makes a, a four to one low range kit for the 231. I've got a 242. That's another oh, that's option right. would be going for a 241OR and getting the low, the low range or going with the 231 and, and building it up with a Teraflex, you know, two, a Terra low kit and a, and a four to one kit, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Um, many different directions I can go. And, and of course I could always, you know, figure out a way to, to dig up a couple grand and buy an Atlas, but, uh, that's, that's not likely in the cards. Yeah. Now I was just curious because it, uh, uh, having the, uh, the higher ratios would certainly be a nice or the lower Lower gears would certainly be a lot of fun. Oh, and yeah. that was another thing, Tammy. I was going to ask you uh, where you were talking about leaving it in four four low while you're off road. Doesn't that have? Uh, and you may not know the answer, but the the the, the resource that you have uh, could certainly answer it. Um, isn't that really dependent upon your overall gearing of your Jeep? Because you can get go too slow on the trail if you have if your gears are very low. And you may have to switch out of four low just so that you can move the hell out of the way or, or keep up with the group. Yeah, but I mean, that's what was happening on one of the trail rides. But why do you need to go so fast? You know, and you're just putting more, you know, wear and tear on your vehicle. And, and um, a lot of he explains it really well about, you know, going using using more work and your so your gears are going to be using more work and they're going to need more power to go that faster and something to do with putting that power in the drivetrain and and um go into the transmission and that's why you see a lot of fires out on the trails too is because it's just you're in your stuff is working so hard right he and, explains and it so much better no no and, that, I, I, and I figured that you know once you when you've heard something once you don't digest it where you can just re- recite it back and that's why i said right. maybe your resource i get it in my question. head yeah but for me but it, you know it, out on the trails i mean unless you're racing you you know just you don't need to go that fast in but so you get to the next obstacle a minute faster big deal well, and I, most I, of the parks have speed limits too so i, I don't know um out, out here in oregon it's all open public land we don't we don't have off-road parks i mean we have right. ohv areas but they're not like parks on private land you know type of thing um so and and there's a lot of 
a lot of areas up here where you have to drive for 10 or 15 minutes on logging roads to get from one trail to the next. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody in their right mind who's going to drive for 15 minutes in four <laughs> right. lights. It's just, it, that doesn't make I mean, I any sense tr- to me whatsoever. Um, you know, and obviously, uh, you know, different, yeah, different. different terrain and, yeah. and different park. Trails are close together. You know, it's all one system, you know, that type of thing. Obviously, you know, yeah, you could probably stay in four low all day long. Um, but I mean, y- you couldn't really wheel in four low in the sand. You, you, you have to have four high. You got to be in the, in the, in the upper gears, you know, well, there's just, yeah, that's, I, I don't that's, know. There's, there's so much of what I know and what I've experienced personally that completely goes against what you were told by this individual. Uh, well, and no, it for wasn't good reasons for too, every, but. every off-roading situation. And, and that's important that we talk about this right. because we have new people every episode right? and, and we want to make sure that they know that there's more than one answer and it depends. It depends on the situation. And, and actually that's part of the fun of learning all this stuff is right. it's, it's just not common sense and you just kind of have to, Oh, that makes sense now, you know, when so it's for the to places you. where I wheel, we're, you know, we're going, we're on the trails and we're going from one obstacle for another. And in between the obstacles, you have like a, like a, a rest period where you're not like crawling over the rocks and you're not, there's like a space, but you don't need, you know, it's like maybe, you know, I don't know how far apart, but it may take you like a minute or two minutes to get to the next obstacle. Well, you don't need to quickly switch it back into four or low. Or I understand four. what you're saying. When yeah. you're yeah. on the trail, but not on an obstacle, you want to right. keep it in four or low, you know, but once you're off that trail and you're, you know, on the logging road, maybe going to another trail or something like that. Well, maybe at that point you go ahead and, and switch gears, but we know, you, yeah, you're, you're on a, on a single trail and it's, it's maybe, you know, a mile and a half long and there's three obstacles on the trail. You don't need to be going constantly in and out of four wheel drive right. throughout that whole thing. Um, keep it in four low, you know, it, to navigate right. the trail. Then once you're off the trail, yeah, no, I get what you're saying there, Tammy. Yeah, definitely. Right. Uh, once you're clear an obstacle, you don't need to take it out of four wheel drive. Keep it in the, keep it in the, in the gear and stay on the trail. Uh, unless, you know, the obstacle ends at the end of the trail and well, then of course you're, you're done and by all means pop it up two wheel drive. Right. And like I said, off-road parks are totally different than, especially wheeling out West when you're on public lands going from, you know, X 15 miles away, you got to go to, you know, Z. Mm -hmm. Um, So. So Tammy, uh, I heard a rumor that you uh, got a new bear friendly tent. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bear friendly tent. What is it? It's got like, Looks like a Twinkie. And <laughs> yeah. It's electrically it's, charged it's, zippers and <laughs> Yep. Oh, that's for later. <laughs> um uh, when I went camping uh at the beginning of April, my tent just kind of leaked too much. It was really old. It was used on a lot of boy scouting events and um, I just wanted a little bit more room and I wanted to be nice and fancy when I go see Nikki G and Brian and Brian and all them up in Uari. So I she bought got a, a two story, yes. five yes. room tent exactly. <laughs> with pontoons. I'm going to be renting it out. Um, no, I just like, I wanted my own tent. That other tent wasn't really mine. Sure. And so I, but it's just like a, a step up from the tent I had. It's a Coleman. It's green. It's not red. It's not black. Um, so just getting ready for Uari in two weeks. Um, I'm very excited. Have and, you set it up yet? Uh, yes, I set it up last weekend, and everything's there, and I can set it up all by myself. That's what's really great. 
Very good. Have you? I know you're not planning on buying one anytime soon. You have other expenses, but have you considered getting a rooftop tent? You know, I have, and I've seen them, but I know a lot of people like ride with them on all the time. I just oh, you I wouldn't be able to be get able in the garage. To, I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say you, you definitely can't park it in the garage then. Right. After that. And I, I like to like on a spur of a moment, hey, I want to take my top down. And um, so I don't know. I really want to buy, which is almost, it, it's more money than my Jeep. I want to buy the Airstream Nest. Coolest trailer ever. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure I could um, haul it with my Jeep that I have now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Airstream, yeah, it's going to come with it pretty price tag I, yeah <laughs> or something similar to that i would love one know, of those teardrops would be really cool right exactly or maybe or even a even a military airs- trailer with a, a mount for the rooftop tent now i see those a lot out right. here are the those uh, m100 uh, trailers yeah. or whatever they whatever they're m1 trailers um yeah i see a lot of those out here there's actually a company called like jumping jack or something like that uh, okay. out in the town that i live in and and that's all they do is they build their own version of the military trailer set up for off-road use including off-road hitches um, and provisions for for roof rack tents and and stuff like that on the trailer itself so really really cool stuff they've got uh, multiple sizes and everything they always have a a neat display set up by the uh by the road that i travel see that's the best of both worlds because you can drive your jeep without having uh you have the clearance on the roof you don't have to worry about the weight up uh, being up high and uh, but you still have the ability just to hook on and uh, take it off with you, uh, and you, you got a place to stay just right there where you are. The only <laughs> downside I can think to that is is that when, if you need to go get some milk, who's watching the, the trailer and the tent? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Tammy, uh, f- funny, uh, funny thing here real quick. Um, looking up a picture of the, the Airstream Nest, first picture I found hooked up to a, a Jeep Cherokee. Oh, there you go. Yeah, but I yeah, wish I had I the room for a trailer. If if a new trailer ever if a new Cherokee can tr- uh, could tow it, uh, I'm pretty sure yep. that your Wrangler could, oh, could the, tow it. Oh, the the 2014 on Cherokees. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You you said Cherokee and I heard XJ. I know. I I should have been more specific. I did not specify. Okay. Well, if you want to join in on the campfire side chat, just go to JeepTalkShow.com/slash/contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Now let's get into some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you're involved in, that you're planning or volunteering with. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, click and fill out our wheeling wear form. The information will come straight to us and we will get it out to the masses. Coming up May 11th, the Badlands Off-Road Adventures presents their Tire Repair and High Lift Mini Clinic. Ooh. If you want to know how to change a tire uh, on ro- off-road, um, uh, you know, off-camber, that sort of stuff, how to use your high lift properly and all the different ways you can use a high lift jack, this is going to be the clinic for you. You definitely want to check this out. It's happening in Hawthorne, California, and uh, we'll have the link to where you can get more information on that. Again, happening May 11th. Uh, we happen in another big Jeep Beach thing. This is Jeep Beach Jam Club presenting the big Jeep Beach Jam happening May 14th through the 19th in Panama City Beach, Florida. This can be a big one, folks. Uh, happens every year. And for more information on these events, links, and all that sort of stuff, please visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode and you get all that good stuff. 
That's it for the show this week, my fellow Jeeper. It's never been more important to subscribe to the show than it is right now, so make sure that you're all dialed in so you don't miss any content. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Okay, so you're riding a horse, full speed. There's a giraffe next to you, a lion chasing you, and that clown up ahead, he's looking pretty sketchy. What do you do? Just what do you do? Well, I'm not sure about that clown there, stranger. I suggest you get your drunk ass off the carousel. Podcasting since 2010. That is not the proper way to ride a unicorn. <laughs> Mister, you are banned from this park. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.